0: Hey everyone, and welcome to Already Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Star Trek, the original series, Season 1, Episode 28. I didn't check the number before I said that. Yeah, 28. Sure it's, 20. it's called The City on the Edge of Forever. Full spoilers for the episode, as always. Uh, so, first of all, we're one away from the finale. We're almost done with Season 1. That's big. Yeah,
1: we're, we're doing pretty well here.
0: Epic. It feels like a milestone in the journey. Uh, just I mean I've finished the first of many seasons. The first of a lot of seasons of Star Trek shows, but here we are. Almost done. So this is basically they encounter a weird kinda of godlike power godlike entity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean not the exact same as the previous ones, but still, you know, that's all powerful voice is talking to them. But yeah, but it feels different this time. It feels different because it only has one thing it can do. There's, there's one very specific sort of thing, and everything that's happening with it is very much related to the same... It's all time-related. It's all time travel and ripples through yeah, time and Yeah, and all also it mentions being built like designed. It does, yeah, that's a good point. So it's, it's kind of artificial intelligence almost, rather than... Rather than a god, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that's fair. Um, so, whales travelling through the, these ripples through time at the start of the episode, I did think... It, it threw this on really quick. As Spock just turns around and says, "We're literally travelling through r- ripples through time." I'm like you're going to have to explain that a lot, but you can't yeah, just throw re- it out. Re-
1: rewind a second. Yeah.
0: Though. Now, obviously, the rest of the episode does, does kind of go into like, it's coming from this this planet, this being, this the system, this robot, whatever you want to call it. Um, and basically, McCoy comes up to give some aid to Sulu, and then there's a bit of, like a turbulence, we we'll call it, just for you know, simplistic terms. And he ends up injecting himself with a lot of drugs. <laughs> yeah, some,
1: <laughs> but, some pretty rough ones.
0: I think they say, oh, like two quarts of this will like, heal a sick man. The, like, 50 of them just went into McCoy. And he starts raving like a madman. He's like, oh, they're going to kill us as assassins. He starts talking about assassins left and right. Uh, and that's, that's kind of the thing. But he ends up beaming down to the planet. Like, he, he gets away and beams down to this planet. So they go down looking after him. And they've tur- run into this gate that is basically a time portal. And time yeah. kind of plays through it. You can sort of see the various wars in history. You can see World War One. you can see like older wars, of course, you can see ancient Egypt, you can see all these different things. Uh, and McCoy ends up, you know, paranoid, running around. He ends up running through it. And Kirk and Spock basically then have to say, right, let's try and time this jump so we can get to around the same time and bring him back and stop him from affecting history because the Enterprise gets wiped out from time. Like, they, they, they try to call up to the ship and it's gone. Because whatever McCoy's done in the past, their ship is never built, and it turns out to be yeah. more than that. Obviously, there's a whole the space travel seems to just not be a thing because of him. Pretty much, and and obviously, it seems th- these guys here are safe
1: because they're you know they're in the they're at the center of it.
0: Yeah, they're in the, the time bubble thing that yeah. this thing has. Yeah. Uh, so Kirk and Spock go back. It turns out to be 1930 is when they're going back to. So sort of not quite the Great Depression, but in that yeah in that time period. Give or take, and uh, basically they have to disguise. They have to get regular clothes. They have to, they end up living at this sort of boarded house to get these simple little jobs. They're, they're there for what seems like a few weeks, by the sounds of it, and uh, they have these jobs and stuff like that. And it's them in the 1920s waiting for McCoy to pop up. They figure out that they have arrived there a little bit earlier, and they're waiting for McCoy. Uh, and then, of course, a big part of the plot is that Kurt kind of falls for this woman, um, Edith Keeler, uh, who they end up working for, and. We get really sci-fi, this is a big concept, big idea episode, because ultimately they find out that McCoy, at first they just find out there's two possible futures, one where she lives and one where she dies, and of course as soon as they said that, the one where she dies is the proper one, and they're going to have to let it happen, and Kirk has feelings for her, and that's the big, and we've seen this done in other things as well of course since then, but it's a big sci-fi idea that he has to let her die, otherwise the entire future's going to change, including a lot of bad things, but I mean to... Put it blunt, the Nazis won World War Two. It's the first big thing. Do you really. know what? this? I, I don't think this episode has a lot of messaging, so to speak. Other than we the, can't let Nazis win, yeah. Right, right. But I thought
1: it was really interesting at that point in particular. The reason that they won is because she was pushing so hard for peace that mm. while the peace talks were going on and prolonging the war, I, I think that's the, a very good the, point, the, yeah. The, the Germans... Carried on working and won, so it was like the idea that you know sometimes peace.
0: peace it, it, I think it's basically saying peace has to be mutual. Like yeah. if there's a if there's an opposing side, you can't just sit and let it happen. Like peace isn't going. To, and it's it's like Spock says, she had the right ideas just at the wrong time. Like we yeah. have to get, go. We have to go forward to a point where peace is actually possible. Because even nowadays, peace isn't just completely possible. You can't be a complete pacifist. There's still threats in the world that have to be taken care of. But the idea is that right. eventually peace is hopefully the option that we can take. Exactly. But, the, but it was kind of like,
1: it, it was them saying, no, bombing them and stopping them was the right choice. Even if you, you go, oh, maybe we should have had peace more, you know, in a, in a different way.
0: Yeah, sometimes like, the it, other side just isn't going to listen to it. Like You, just, you don't have an option.
1: Right, exactly.
0: Um, and I, th- I think that's saying, do you know what I think that's saying? I think that's maybe answering critics. I'm, I'm not sure if they did say this at the time. But I imagine that maybe this was like a message to critics. Yeah, you're saying that oh, we're being unfeasible with all these hopes and ideals that we put in the show. That we're saying there's a time in the future when we don't have to fight with each other, and there's a time that we, you know, this optimistic take. And you know, there's maybe critics saying oh, this is too optimistic. This is unrealistic. We can't have this. And we're saying no. We, like yeah, we understand that right now this is kind of unfeasible. But the point is, is that if you have an ideal to hope for, to strive to, yeah, then that things will get better along the way. They know that
1: sometimes you need to do the bad things in order to secure peace
0: for the future. Yes. Essentially, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's actually kind of a... kind of a nice self-referential sort of understanding of their own concept in, in a weird way. Right, I thought it was interesting
1: how it was just a, a small thing, but it seemed like such a, it, it was kind of a really major theme and topic that it, it kind of touched upon.
0: And I, th- I think, you know, that actually... I don't even think it's a small thing when you think about it because the episode ends with uh, Kirk because like, McCoy eventually comes back and he kind of snaps out of it and he's, but he's kind of sick still he's kind of getting over the effects and he's, he ends up being taken care of by her they don't know that he's ran to her and she's sort of dusting him back to health and he, he ends up running to Spock in the street and Kirk's with her and she steps onto the road there's a car coming and Kirk turns around like he might go and try and save her and uh, McCoy makes the same move he's like oh we need to Jump in and like stop, stop her from dying, but he of course doesn't know that her death will bring about well the future. They know <laughs> like yeah, he doesn't just, know all this information. He, you know he he's a doctor. He has to save people. <laughs> like, exactly. Uh, but we also see that Kirk from Ellen the episode that he you know saved her from falling down the stairs. That he you know he this might be a tr- you know a struggle for him to make this choice. Yeah. But again, it's the same kind of thing. He had to do the wrong thing and let her die to ensure that the peace could happen in the future. Yeah, you're right. So it's kind of linking back to the same thing with the same ideas. Now, obviously, this is a very specific science fiction version of it because we, we can never know that letting someone live or die is going to affect something. No, of course not. Because this is seemingly unconnected to everyone else at the time period, obviously. Yeah, of course we can kind of, and that's, that, that's kind of the point. It's everyone
1: makes their best judgment in the moment. Edith believed that what she was doing was the best judgment, but ultimately she was wrong in that moment. Not she wrong just,
0: overall, she was wrong at that point in time. So, yeah, she's just ahead of her time. She was maybe born a hundred years too soon, right? You know, maybe two hundred years, whatever. Like, take your pick. But yeah. like, she's just she's just there too soon. She's, um, and it's commendable, and it, it is kind of this nice, deep, bittersweet kind of story because you really respect her. You want her to win and be right, and you think, you know, she is right. I I like this character because she has these right ideas, but. She also has to to die, but she has to die, and you you don't love her like Kirk does, but you respect her as a character, and because of that, it it does make the ending this bittersweet thing and it makes this painful choice. Uh, And it's you know, Spock turning to McCoy and saying, No, he does know what he just did. Oh man, you know, when the music swells in there and you just got Kirk
1: just reacting, I think it's fantastic,
0: especially McCoy like berating him for it. Like, I could have saved her. Do you realise yeah. what he just did? Like, he's berating him for it. And I'm sure later on, like, off-camera, he he's explained to what was going on, but at the time, it feels very... Like... Yeah, and uh, I love that he just... He can't say anything. He just goes over and hangs his head. Hmm.
1: Like, he, he knows he made the right choice, but he, he doesn't like it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So... Uh... Obviously, I mean, I think we've not said so far, but it's a very good episode. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. That's... <laughs> to, to, put it, to put it on. Actually, uh, just, just a, a slight tangent to last week's episode. After we finished talking about it, we, we happened to notice the IMDB score. It seems that we are in the minority of liking last week's uh, the alternative factor. Everyone else seems to think that's a weak episode, but we, we were in agreement yeah. that we loved it, so <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Screw them. Yeah, screw them all. Um but yeah, back back to this. I, I think on top of of those good sci fi ideas and this idea of, and it's again, it's a very simple idea. Like even last season on the Flash, like that, that's kind of what the story was. He had to accept that his mother has to die, or you know, the future's going to be screwed up and all weird and wacky, and yeah. you know, not be right. So it's, it's a, so it's a very consistent sci fi idea. I don't know if this is the first time it came. You know, I, I imagine there's probably a book before this that did it. Probably. If not even a movie. like It wouldn't surprise me if there's some 50 sci fi movie somewhere. I'd, that
1: I'd, I'd assume, at the very least, this was the first time it was on TV.
0: Probably. Yeah, because, well, I mean, how yeah, many exactly. sci fi TV shows were there before Star Trek? Not a lot. <laughs> exactly my point. Not a lot. So, no, I think, so other than those big sci fi ideas, there's a very good point story, again, yeah, about making the tough choices, doing the seemingly bad thing because you know ultimately it'll lead to the, the, the better outcome. I would say that there's also just the the simple fun elements of Spock and Kirk in 1930 and Spock having to hide his ears and them stealing clothes and my favourite part of the whole thing is uh, Spock basically building this makeshift crappy looking time device to try and get a handle on the future yeah yeah that was good
1: there was the one awkward moment of its time where when the police officer comes and catches them and uh and Kurt's like, oh, it can be explained away very easy. These Chinese.
0: Yeah, it's... I have to imagine like George Takai reading that script, and being like, yeah. uh, "What? <laughs> Wait a yeah. minute." Yeah, yeah, but 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 we and they
1: seemed obviously the amount of yellow tinge that Spock has changes from episode to episode, but it did seem quite heavy at that point.
0: Yeah, that's something they kind of like done away with in the movies. I feel like. like you don't really see him having like any sort of, you know, he has the ears obviously, but they, they don't bother with the, the the different color as much. Yeah, yeah.
1: It, it's even in in some episodes, it looks like it's not there at all. But then others, it's quite visible. Yeah, if you
0: if you go back to the early episodes, I feel like you see a big tint to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that was that, that was a little bit awkward. Um, even if the the bit after it about the years getting in a was it a, yeah, it was amusing. A race machine was it? I can't remember. I it was remember. something it was stupid. So,
1: it was like that. Something
0: stupid, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, mean, I, I don't think it was Elm. You know, I don't think it was Ill, Ill intent with the joke. because it just it 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 doesn't land well today. Does no, it, it doesn't. It, it feels like yeah. Um, for as forward as, as Star Trek thinking was in the sixties, there's obviously a few things that creep in. I, I think the last one we mentioned was the uh, was it uh, Mudge Women episode. Some of that felt yeah. a little bit dated. Um, but,
1: you know, I've got to give it credit when there's been, a, you know, only a handful of times we've mentioned anything like that.
0: Yeah, this, 28 you know, episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, actually 20 episodes impressive.
1: from the 60s, we've mentioned it maybe three or four times.
0: Yeah, well, but, uh, Yeah, felt- that's
1: pretty yeah. solid.
0: Yeah, it is. It's, it's not bad. And obviously, like, I'd never expect that. And, you know, if we watch Star Trek Discovery and there's a weird racist joke like that... Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> well, but that's
1: inexcusable at that yeah. point. We, 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 and I'm not not saying it was excusable then, but it was... So, you know, you've just got to look back and go, that's, things were like that. We can't change that. Yeah, yeah, it's a part of its
0: time. We can't, we don't have to like it, but we don't, yeah. It just is what it is. But There's
1: no point in, you know, getting hung up on it too much.
0: Yeah. Um. So, no, so you had the fun stuff with them building and stuff and all these weird excuses. And I kind of liked Edith as a character, how she was kind of, you know, she she noticed things. She was like, "You guys speak a little bit differently. You don't feel like you belong here. You like sometimes yeah. you say things in the past tense that you shouldn't be saying in the past tense." And just, yeah, she's just, very observant, isn't she? Yeah, just just simple little things like that. That uh, I mean, she's she's definitely got that that dreamy vibe to her. As soon as she walks out and like Kirk's staring at her and the music's going all romantic, it's like, okay, right, we, we see what you're doing with her. But they do give her enough where she does. Again, you feel sympathetic to her. You, you're a little bit. yeah it's it's probably the
1: first time i buy kirk's relationship beyond just you know the looks
0: yeah yeah because she's impressive to him part even more so because it's 1930 and she's ahead of her time like you know when they're sitting there and they're hearing her speak to everyone and she's like oh one day man i'll be on the moon and one day man i'll do this and we won't fight wars and like he's impressed spock's just been like speculation happens to be right (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's that's basically his attitude where he's like no no she she despite her surroundings despite what the status quo was she could see something better she was a dreamer kirk sees the optimism and he he can't help but like that exactly and we can't help but like that as well because it's because it's, no, she she's dreaming of things that some of which have happened you know it's actually really really funny actually even at the time of the show being made like man wasn't on moon yet on the moon yet like That was another couple of years. It was a couple of years. It was, you know, they were working towards it quite publicly. Yeah, it'd be in space, sure. Like, it was obviously a thing. It was a popular news topic at the time, I'm sure, when it was, you know, when this was airing on the news. I'm sure there was regular updates about NASA and Apollo and whatever they were doing. Um, But, like, it hadn't happened yet. So even at the time, this was, like, this optimistic, oh, we're going to do it. It, Yeah, it was like, it's going to happen. It
1: it was a case of going, hey, look, we haven't done it yet, but no one doubts that we're going to. And and they
0: did. Um, unless you're someone who believes that Stanley Kubrick filmed it, uh, which yeah, I'm not going to yes. lie, I love that theory. I don't, I do believe it, but I love the idea of Kubrick in like a secret base somewhere filming the moon landing. Uh, I don't know. I just. Do, do you know what annoys me most about that whole conspiracy?
1: Oh, uh, do, do, like the whole point of that race against the Russians, and you, you really think that if if there was any chance it wasn't real, the Russians wouldn't have gone. Hey, you didn't do that.
0: That is fair. My, my my usual comeback for it is: of all the like NASA, do you know how many people are employed at NASA, and how many people are employed in building all the parts of that rocket and the ship? And every, like, <laughs> there's too many people involved with this being achieved for it to be a conspiracy. It's just- you know,
1: I, I love the part of that conspiracy that says, no, 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 no. All those people were involved. They all built it, but they didn't know. Only the higher ups knew. And then Kubrick went and did his thing elsewhere. And They all still built that rocket and launched it into
0: space. It's a lot of money to spend on a Hawks <laughs> if they uh, actually built something yeah, and then didn't do it. I think so. uh, There's actually there's a lot of good scientific reasons as well. Uh, like so, Some people like to throw back things like, oh, the flag doesn't move the right way or it moves too much or, you know, various other things. In every single one of them, there's a scientific reason. Every single, yeah. Every single one. Um, Stephen Fry uh, on QI, which is a great, great show about uh, things like this, uh, basically just went through every single common complaint or, you know just hoax theory and went No, nope, this is because of this it, this yeah. is because of that this is because of this um and there you go but there's a surprising amount of people who believe the moon landing never happened which is
1: yeah but uh, i mean in in the facebook group someone posted the other day about someone who doesn't believe that planes actually fly so the world is full of morons
0: you can check that yourself no 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 uh, get a I, cheap flight I, I, you can I go check it, was... it.
1: I think it was James in the Facebook group posted this. It was a big, long uh, post they would taken a screenshot of. And it was basically someone going, planes are a scam. I don't know anyone who's ever actually flown in a plane. Anyone who says they have have been paid to say that they have. And it was just like, what are you talking about?
0: For the record, I've been on a plane. And if you know, if the airline companies want to send me a, a check for saying that, then you know what? Go on. I'll take it. <laughs> but no, no. Uh... <laughs> it's just...
1: Uh... Ah, uh, here it is. Yeah, don't believe in old spare travel. It's a hoax along with space flight. How can something weighing 70 tonnes stay in the air? Birds fly because they weigh very little. Chickens don't fly because they weigh a lot. And a simple <laughs> airplane weighs significantly Dude, more than a chicken. there are
0: birds that are heavier than chickens that fly. <laughs> I know. Have you just seen the size of, like a falcon or it, something it, it like that?
1: Know. People who say they have been in planes are just shills for the government who use small drones, brackets that weigh less than chickens, to spray chemical trails everywhere. Those drones only look like they are very high because they
0: are so small. Right, you realise this is someone taking the piss. This is a joke. This I has to I, be a joke.
1: No, I, I don't think it is. I, 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 that, that's the sad part. I believe there are people out there that are that monumentally stupid.
0: No, this isn't stupidity. This is honestly mental illness. He should seek help. <laughs> this, this is not stupidity. This is you need to see a therapist and work out your issues. There's something wrong. And I mean that sincerely. I'm not even cracking a joke. <laughs> there's something wrong.
1: Yeah,
0: Get help. Get professional help. There's something wrong. Um, Do you want to get back to Star Trek? (laughs) I do want to get back to Star Trek. I just want one final point about this stupid plane hoax nonsense, though, is at least with space travel, there's so few people who have actually done it. I at least get why there's some people who are (laughs) sceptical. Yeah. But planes, like... You can go buy a ticket and go on it yourself if you really want to prove it. You can do that in very short notice. Very short notice.
1: You can just go do it. And you can get some pretty cheap flights if you're not going very far.
0: Yeah, get a round trip. Just come home the same day. Easy. Yeah. (laughs) Like, a small flight. God damn it, it's so (laughs) stupid. Anyway, yeah, Star Trek. What else have we not spoken about in this episode? It was a really good one. It was really good,
1: actually, yeah. No, I I thought the music was fantastic. This episode, I think, there was was actually a lot of new cues. A lot of of the romantic stuff was quite new.
0: Eh, was it?
1: There was a a couple of new ones. It seemed
0: familiar to me, but yeah, maybe, maybe it was just sort of playing in the same themes and... Yeah, it was similar. Um, I tell you, I tell you what really was cracking me up. There's, I can't remember the moment it played, but there's a sting that Star Trek likes to do when something shocking happens, like someone something shocks the characters, like yeah, that's not it. But like you know, it's the Star Trek thing. Um, But when it happened at this, it really stuck out to me. Not necessarily in a bad way or even a good way. It just stuck out to me. It was really prominent because the the revelation at the time was just like insane. It was like. I, 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 I think it was maybe. I, I do It, it may have been when Kirk realized that she had to die or something like that. But it was like uh, it was one of those things. It was just it, just, it
1: didn't didn't hit the moment. Oh
0: no, it. I know what it was. It was when they found out the ship didn't exist anymore. It's when they tried to call uh, back up, yeah. and the 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 Guardian said, uh, "Yeah, you've been erased from the timeline." <laughs> and it's just like and it just you know close up a Kirk acting shocked with a sting. It just cracked yeah. me up. Uh, but no, and even the uh, the the creepy Star Trek score. I've basically got a word to describe all the different pieces of music you hear. The creepy one that was in this episode it was playing with uh, McCoy, like wandering the streets as a sort oh, of yeah. madman. Yeah, uh, but no, no, I, I like the music. Music was good. Um, yeah. If I have any critiques um, about this, it's maybe be how exactly did they get back? I know the Guardian yeah, said my he said something like, "Oh, if you fix it, it'll be like you never came here," which to me would imply that they would have faded away. And then they'd just, just be back a, in the ship, yeah, yeah. Um, and they wouldn't remember it happening, but no, they actually come back through the gate.
1: They do. You see them jump back through.
0: You see them jump back through, and then they've been back up to the ship, yeah. and they remember all but of it. So I would
1: guess my one other problem would be: so you know that they, they come out uh, at this spot, and they're like, right, we have no idea where McCoy is going to come out. Mm-hmm. Would the first place they not think to at least check be that spot? Go, what if it only sends to there?
0: because
1: um, it kind of seems to be I mean it looks very similar where, where where he comes out to me
0: yeah but they're not on earth so oh you I mean once they get back they're like all yeah, oh, it... right, okay yeah once they're in 1930 why not go back to that same spot and he'll come out in the same place
1: yeah um, that's a good question because you know they're questioning where he'll come out and I mean I get it's a fair question because he oh, could come out anywhere I actually don't have enough... a
0: complaint So Spock and Kirk decide they're going to go back. They're going to go back and try and bring McCoy, right? I'm fine, good plan. And then they get there, and then after, like, 30 seconds, like, Spock starts trying to, like, hide his ears because he realises, oh, shit, people are going to ask questions about this. These are going to be very hard to explain who I am, you know, Kirk. And I'm like, didn't you have thought of that before you jumped in the time travel I mean, to be fair, I think they were caught up in the moment of,
1: oh, shit, McCoy's just gone through there and changed all the history. We need to fix
0: this. That is fair. But Spock is typically a very logical man, and I feel like...
1: Oh, no, Spock in
0: character would maybe have thought of that before he went through the gate and be like, "Oh shit, yeah. I'm in 1930. I need to cover my ears."
1: That, that that is fair. I I do really like how at the end Kirk seems legitimately like a changed man from the experience. Hmm. So I'm glad that they do remember it.
0: Oh yeah, no, I I agree. I like that they remember it. It's just based on what the Guardian said earlier on. It just didn't fit.
1: It it didn't. But I'm so. um, kind of just it away because I like yeah. this. Uh, it's it's less important to me as to how in this case, just because the effect is is so much better.
0: That's no, that's fair. But there you go. That's uh, episode twenty eight of Star Trek. Very very good one. Very strong. Uh, lots of big ideas. Love the time travel stuff. Love the relationship with Edith. Um, and yeah, it's good yeah. Stuff. So, I'm, I'm
1: look, I, I got the the graphic novel adaptation of this a while ago. Uh, it's meant to be based on the original script, where a bunch of stuff was cut for budget reasons.
0: I can I can see that because even even what you see in this, I feel like oh, this was expensive getting this 1930s like you know like three yeah. streets kind of all connected like you know expensive backlot. I imagine yeah. to dress all this up. So,
1: and and I, I was I held off on reading it because I know I, you know but I think I bought it pretty early on when we started this. Right, you I was right. like, we're, like we're I'm, I'm going to wait it. and yeah. I'll read it after. Yeah, so, so, you, get, so really you have context now.
0: Yeah, yeah, I get you. Um. Yeah. So, yeah. Very good. I and I expect. I, I did feel like I was surprised at like, how quickly it wrapped up as well at the end. Like I felt like uh, not not in a big way, but I remember looking at the time and going. Oh, there's only four minutes left, and this was before Edith dies, and it was yeah, those four yeah. minutes left. I was like, Oh shit, this is going to wrap up quite quick. And I actually didn't feel that that rushed, to be honest. Given like what I thought it might feel like, you know, when I realised a lot was left. Yeah, it feels less rushed than it should. But I wonder if like, you're saying stuff was cut out. I wonder if maybe the ending has some more stuff on it as well.
1: Maybe I'll try and read it this week and give a little report in, see if it was anything majorly different.
0: That might be worth an idea. idea. Um, Here's a question, and I want to ponder this to the the folks watching this actually, because we're wrapping up. Now, we're definitely, once we finish the original series, going to do a top ten episodes, but I'm curious if people would want to see a top five or top ten episodes of just season one, and do one at the end of each season as well. Uh, It'd probably
1: be just a top five for each season.
0: Yeah, I might Yeah, just cause, yeah, because then that's because like that's a third to... of the season, yeah. yeah, no, I get you. Uh, so, if people want us to do like a sort of combined top five and sit and debate it with ourselves and come out with a, a list, um, let us know. Or if you'd rather just wait till the end of the show and do a top ten of the entire all three seasons then um, by all means uh, but, you know, give, us, give us your thoughts and opinions and the comments, so you can get us on Twitter mailed underscore fuzz if you want to comment there uh, or if you're watching this early on Patreon because Patreons get this a week early uh, for just the $1 tier uh, the Star Trek reviews go up a week early on there uh, you can comment on Patreon as well so you can let us know in any of those places we'll, we'll, we'll see it so by all means, um, so like and subscribe all that stuff helps us out a lot uh, like I say head over to patreon.com slash TV. check out some of the bonuses over there Uh, But otherwise, guys, keep watching TV, and uh, we'll see you next time.